Hey, Purpose Peeps, welcome back to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast, where we feature phenomenal women of faith in business. We share their stories, their transparencies, their fears, and hopes that it will help you if you have the desire to start a business to just get started. I know that as a business owner myself, there are so many days and times where I feel like, no, I can't do this. I don't have enough equipment. I don't have enough knowledge about this. And so our hope with sharing these women's stories is that you'll say, oh my gosh, they didn't have any experience either, but they still did it. So I am so excited to introduce you guys to today's guest. Her name is Nia Taylor-Clark and she is 25 years old. She is the founder of Black Lit, which is a community uplifting those who have been misrepresented, underrepresented, and invisible in classroom environments. Nia launched the Black Lit subscription box in 2019 and she has plans to open up a physical location in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to better serve her community. Today on the podcast, we speak with Nia about vision, the willingness to let God have his way with your business, slowing down, mental health care, and transparency. Y'all, you'll have to bear with us because we had so many technical difficulties when prepping this interview, so the volume is off just a bit, but I hope that you will just bear with us with it because I promise you she had so many good things to share and I really feel like when you listen you'll be encouraged. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, I know we've been having some issues, me and you, before we got on here, but I'm excited. It's making me even more excited about this interview. Me too. It's okay. I told you. The devil tried it. He's not about to get it today. It's good. We got we got this. Yes. So um, I love everything you're doing with I Am Black Lit, and I gave our listeners your formal bio before this, but I always like to have our guests share a little bit more about themselves that people might not know from reading their bio. Um, Let's see. My name is Mia Taylor. Um, I'm a 25-year-old that loves education. Um, I love black people, and I have a son that has given me the sense of responsibility to make sure that we can see us to make sure that we feel loved, to make sure we feel involved. And so I just really dedicate myself to education, educating myself, educating others. Um, in the daytime, I am a high school English teacher, 10th grade. Um, and then I also coach. Uh, I've been a girls basketball coach, cheerleading coach, and track coach. So I stay pretty busy. Like education is a huge reason why I even started Black Girls with Purpose, because I was actually working at a high school and was I was teaching co-teaching English um, and some other subjects, but found myself getting pulled into being a cheerleading coach and also ended up, you mm-hmm. know, when you're the cheerleading coach, you also like the mentor and everything like that. And I just realized, wow, even though I didn't think I liked education because I didn't feel like I was fit or just didn't feel like I had enough to share, I realized how much I love being in the classroom and how much I love getting girls to understand, like, their worth and their value. And like you said, mm-hmm. allowing them to see themselves. I mean, even, and I know you have a son as well, and, and I shared with you before that I have two boys, and I have a friend in education who shared the statistic that 
black males make up maybe 2% of teachers. And so um, and I don't so know what the stat is for, for us as black women, but I know I didn't see a ton of black women teachers, as, you know, when I was growing up either. I didn't have a black teacher myself until I was in high school. I mean, no, college. Mm. And I went to an HBCU. There were black teachers in my high school, so probably about two or three, but I didn't get the pleasure of being in their classroom. So I always felt like I kind of got shorted in that way. Um, but once I, was, I went to college and went to HBCU and got to see, like, it was a completely different experience. Like, I always felt invisible in the classroom until I got to college. And I wasn't doing poorly in school, but I felt like I could have been doing so much better if I felt like I can do it. Because by not having a teacher that looked like me, I always felt like, okay, I'm going to just prove them wrong. I got something to prove kind of thing. And I would have rather felt like, okay, there's someone on my side. Does that make sense? So I'm not trying to say those teachers were poor teachers. It's just I definitely felt that they cannot relate. Like that was a feeling that, that I remember very vividly. Like you don't understand what I'm going through, nor are you trying to understand right now. And I am grateful that – um, the school I work in now, there are teachers who have dedicate, dedicated themselves to understanding, not just people that look like them, but under, understanding everybody. So I'm very appreciative to how the educational system has evolved, but we definitely still have work to do. So I know that played a part in you starting your business, right? Like that representation, that, that's part of how you started Black Lit. So tell our listeners a little bit about that process. Um, so I was 23, 23 years old. My son was about six months, and I went back home to D.C., and I went to Busboys and Poets, and I was supposed to be, like, eating, enjoying the poetry, and I'm like, there was a really cool bookstore up front. I just got to go. Like, now's my chance. So I went to the bookstore, and I started seeing, like, children's books with black people on the front. And I was like a kid in the candy store. I was so excited. I literally stayed there, like, 45 minutes. But the excitement was also, like, it was going against all these other emotions. So I was excited, but then I was frustrated that it took me this long to see it. And then I also, I was embarrassed that I was that excited. I was 23 years old looking at children's books, and my kid was nowhere near reading. I'm like, okay, I don't even know. I was so confused, but I also knew that I had to do something. I just did not know yet. And so when I made it back to Dallas, I was in my first year teaching at the time, and like my first week in the classroom, I had a black kid say to me, I don't read this, I'm black. And I was like, wait a minute, we're just, we're just going to have to stop this. And it really hit home with me because I'm, I'm raising a black man now. I'm, I'm trying to raise a son. And I'm like, if he grows up and feels the same way and says that same thing, I, I just don't even know how I'm going to handle it. And so I'm like, it's, it's definitely time to start now. And so my original goal was to um, start a bookstore but I knew I couldn't just go and open up a bookstore tomorrow. I was, like, on a teacher's salary, and I decided to get subscription boxes, um, start subscription boxes where I delivered books and uh, journals and literacy materials to households just to let students know that, yes, I see you, um, and even adults as well because we also have boxes for adults. And initially I was – I'm not going to lie, I was pretty – nervous, pretty embarrassed that I wanted this big bookstore, but God told me to send out these subscription boxes. And then he reminded me, like, don't despise the small beginnings. 
And I didn't really get it until I really seen that the subscription boxes, they were helping people. Or just the one book I was able to deliver. Because some people just wanted one book, and I, but I didn't have a store. And I'm like, what do I do? I don't have a store. But once I got Do Not Despise Small Beginnings, that really stuck with me. And so now I'm delivering subscription boxes. We've been in almost 25 out of the 50 states, and we're in Canada. And it's just like it's, it's really been a blessing. It really has changed my life. I love that you said do not despise small beginnings because I feel like that is something that a lot of people struggle with, especially as women of faith and business, because you, we know that the calling is usually so much bigger, right, than mm-hmm. what we can see with our own eyes. And even if he had started with, even if he had said start with subscription boxes, it's like subscription box. I don't have a history with that. And so, for you, like, how did you feel sending out that first box? I was. So I was so scared. Like I didn't know, I didn't have a background in business. So I, I, I was so scared. I was so nervous. I kept questioning myself to the point where I was supposed to release a subscription box when I first started my business, um, Mother's Day 2019. But my fear kept me from, so I had like the subscription boxes listed on my website, um, blacklit.com, but I made it so people couldn't order. So you see we had subscription boxes, but I didn't open it for ordering because I was just too scared. And people were like, I can't figure out how to order. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm working on it. And I was really working on internally, like working on this fear that I had of getting started. Um, and then God just told me, like I had to, I was listening to a sermon and someone told me, like, you don't want God to take his hand off you. You don't want him to give it to someone else. Like, he, he trusted you with it. So then I had to realize, like, I, I don't want to lose um, lose um, the calling or the blessing that God has put on my life out of fear. And so I put my first boxes together. They were far from, very far from perfect. Like, my letters were written, like, on, like, a piece of paper out of my journal because my funds were exhausted. I'm like, I don't have anything else. Like, there's no more money I can spend. But my heart was all the way in it to the point where I'm so happy that the people that received it, they understood that. They were grateful. Um, They saw my vision. They saw our mission, and they have really worked with me. Um, so it's been it's been a work in progress, but I can definitely tell you that work started with fear, and that fear is day by day. It it is exiting the scene. It is really he's working it out. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so important because um, well, for a lot of reasons, but one being that. <laughs> I like that you said it's making its way out because some people will look at what you do and they're like, oh, my gosh, she's so fearless. She doesn't have any fear. She only is operating Not me. But like you said, it's a day-to-day choice to say, okay, God, I still don't really feel 100% equipped, but I know you and mm-hmm. I were talking about offline. Like, God uses the foolish things to confound the wise things, and I feel like he, often he will call us to those places where we don't have experience so that when people ask us, dang, what what gave you the idea to start a subscription box? You can be like, actually, it was God, you know, and you know, <laughs> it's a ministry opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, that's also, that has also been a, a challenge, using, like, putting my ministry in my business, because so many people want to separate it, like how they do the classroom. And it's just like, that's not how it came to me, like, not at all. Like, 
And so I even had a situation where I sent out a children's book. It was called um, When God Made You. And I received, like, negative feedback for it. And it was like, I can't apologize for putting it in the box because I had good intentions. But I, I apologize that you feel that way. And it really hurt me to the point where, like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore because what I'm supposed to do, not not be myself, like, not do what you told me to do or do I not do what you told me to do? Like, I was going back and forth, and I had to understand, like, it's not going to be perfect, but um, Pastor Mike Todd, I remember vividly, he said, like, you have everything, everything you have is everything you need. And that's what I tell myself whenever I get overwhelmed um, with black lit or really anything in life at this point, everything you have is everything you need. And if you don't have it yet, God will give you the means to get it. And so I definitely feel like it's, it's a challenge to merge ministry and business, but when you know, like, your purpose, it, it overrides it all. Like, even if it's not the smartest business decision, if it's a purpose decision, I'm making that one. Like, it's not up for debate. Yes, that's so good. And it goes back to what you said before. Like, I don't want God to take his hand off me. So if this mm. is I'm having mm-hmm. to bypass this opportunity because y'all are like, oh, we love this, but could you take that God part out? Then I guess I'm just going to have to be out, you know? And, and it's, it's hard <laughs> mm-hmm. because it is a faith walk to say no when you're like, are you sure, God? Because, listen, like, me and you know what we got, but we don't necessarily have to say anything. Um, mm-hmm. And I love, but I love that God's even on your website. Like, when you talk about it, you say, like, this is a God-given vision, and I know that I'm supposed to, like, this is, this is the purpose that he's given to me. And so I'm just trying to walk it out as best I can um, and, and, and hope that other people are encouraged by what I'm doing. Yeah, it's, it's hard, and it's a lot of responsibility, but it's also it's so much peace in it at the same time. Like initially when I, when I was trying to figure out, like, what is my purpose, what is my purpose, and people say, it's your why, it's your why, that felt like so much pressure to me. But then I don't know when. But somewhere along that journey, purpose became like peace. Like I, the two begin to merge together, and it's really just it's been a it's been a great journey to be honest. Um, but it it definitely took a long time. So I don't want people to think like, oh, you just wake up and find your purpose one day. That is not how it works. Like my name's Mia. It means purpose, and I was so lost for so many years. And it's it's been a journey. But when you start looking at it as, like, your journey to peace or, like, this peace journey, um, it's, it's been amazing. And then the good part about finding your purpose is that you don't really have to do all the work. You really start finding your purpose when you let go of your control and give it to God. And I feel like that, I, I, blacklit, God, you can have it. You can have it all, like, do your thing because I surely don't know what I'm doing. So he's working it out. That's good. That's good. So how do you source your materials? Because I feel like for a lot of people who are considering or maybe they're in a product-based business, that's part of their big pause or, you know, the thing that might give them a dilemma. Or I even know my husband, he's a mm-hmm. very talented graphic desire, designer, but he's like, I don't want that overhead or I don't want that this. So, like, how do you how do you Go about your sourcing process, and then how do you say, okay, yes, I know that this is costly, but I just believe that it's going to be worth it. How do you make those decisions? Um, a lot of – it's been a lot of trial and error, I can say. But I started um, thinking, 
okay, I'm going to go big or go home. I'm going to go to these people and say, I want to order in bulk. But to me, when I was first starting, bulk meant 25. But I realized those big companies, you know, bulk to them is like 150, 200, even 1,000 sometimes. So when I realized I didn't really qualify um, or I wasn't ready to deal with, like, the big, big businesses, um, it really brought me back to what I wanted to do in the first place, and that was, like, build up my community. So I started reaching out to small businesses, um, people that 25 for them is a lot. And I would reach out to them um, and work with them. So definitely reaching out to small businesses in the DFW, the Dallas area, that helped a lot. And then I would go into stores. So what really helped me is Black History Month. You know, they try to bring out all of our stuff. I, I, I can't stand it. One day, Black History Month, our book's at the top of the shelf. When that's over, they're at the bottom. But when they were at the top of the shelf, I was flipping over the books, the journals, the cups, and I was seeing who made them. Like, I want to know, how can I get in direct contact with you? And so then I was reaching out to them directly, which also helped with costs because you're going straight, um, straight to the stores. So small businesses going straight to the stores, um, being very transparent. So like on social media, sometimes I would post and let them know, like, hey, I'm looking for products from black-owned businesses. Or, hey, I like your product. Would you like to be in a black lit box? Um, as far as authors go, I like to feature new authors and established authors. Um, so just networking, um, that also helped. And just not being afraid to hear no. That was my biggest thing. Like, uh, I don't want to ask um, Shea Moisture. I don't want to ask Alakay Nassus to be in a black lit box because I see them in Target. Like, I'm not Target. And it was like, no. Like, you don't need to have that mindset. Like, it, you can't have that mindset when you're going into this. So just be comfortable being able to hear no um, until, until you hear yes. Like, it's, it's fine. But it, it's a work in progress. But it, it can be done. You just got to keep going. So what's your favorite part about having a physical product as your as the center of your business model? Um, for me, it's the let's see. For me, I like the personalization of it. Um, so like one month will feature like women, black women making history. Like that was a theme. Next month we're gonna highlight. Um, the men, um, but for me, it's the ability to personalize items for people. Um, it's the ability to kind of put my heart in it. So, like, each box, when people sign up, sometimes they leave a note for people, and I can, like, personalize their box, or they'll say, like, if they're a teacher, if they're, mo if they're a mom. And being a mom myself, it's like, okay, I know she probably having some trouble in that house, but quarantine, let me just put a little extra in here. Let me fluff up her box with some love. But it's just that ability to personalize it um, and really, like, put your heart into it. To be honest, I'm shocked I have a physical product. Like, I know I wanted the bookstore thing, but I'm a teacher at heart. So I initially I imagined Blacklit um, just being more of, like, teaching, teaching kind of thing. And I feel like I'm going to get there eventually. But right now, People need something in their hands. Like people want something in their hands and something in their hands that can get to their heart. And so I'm, I'm just trying to listen to what he told me to do. And when he tells me to make that transition, I will definitely do this. Switch over. 
I love that you said they need something in their hands that can make it to their heart. Like I think that's what books do, right? I mean, I just love, mm-hmm. I love curling up with a book, and I was just telling my mom, I was like, man, I haven't read a fiction book in such a long time, because, you know, the past few years, and we were talking about this offline as well, but we're reading, like, books about business strategy, or mm-hmm. I was reading books about how to grow spiritually, like, Red Fervent, Red Armor of God, and so, um, but I, the thing I love most about reading is the, the ability to, the, like, or the gateway that it provides you to first slow down, but then also to unplug. Like, that's why, I mean, I, I, I'll i get an ebook if I need to, but I really love a physical book because there's just mm-hmm. something about being able to say, I'm turning off my computer, I'm walking away from my phone, I'm going to go read, even if it's 20 minutes, to just be away from a device for a little bit, I think it's so nice. And, you know, I think especially with everybody in quarantine and some people starting to get out of quarantine, I think that's something, I think, I feel like we're going to see people, or maybe this is just a hope, see people really be tuned back into each other when they're out with each other, right? Because we've been in quarantine, the only way that you can connect with people. I'm hoping when we're doing brunches again that people will put down their phone and actually talk to this person because it's like, girl, before we could only talk through the phone. Now I'm right here in person. We might as well be at the house. Like, what? I could have just saved this outfit for another day. And so no, please, yeah. it's just all about those connections, right? I think it will definitely uh, send us out into the world with a new sense of, like, gratitude and gratefulness of the people that we have in our lives and the experiences that we took for granted because – Right when school ended or it was time to stop going to school, it was like spring break time. So I was getting the urge like, okay, I'm tired of waking up. I need a break. I'm ready to stay home. But when I realized we weren't going back, my feelings were hurt. Like I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do my students? Like that really made me appreciate um, the privilege that I get to go into the classroom and teach these kids. Like that really helped. And then – even with my little brother, he's graduating this year, missing out on those things. It's, it gave me a whole new outlook on how many things we take for granted and or how busy we pack our schedules and we make ourselves to where we don't take time to really appreciate um, what's going on and what's happening. Absolutely. I think that that was something that even today I was dealing like, okay, God, stuff's starting to open back up and – I don't know if I'm ready. Like, I've loved, yes, there have been, you know, there have been major quote-unquote losses in this season, but I've also just, I love who I've become. I feel like I've I've gained a deeper self-awareness because when you don't have all the distractions, it's like, no, who really, who are you? When no one's around, when you're not Mm -hmm. super busy, you know, like you said, when you can't just move from meeting to meeting or thing to thing to thing, and you actually have to sit with yourself, like, who are you? And, um... There are moments where I'm like, oh, girl, I don't know if I like who you are. But then I was able to adjust those things, right? Like, I I focus a lot on my mental health, and I know May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and and also my physical health, though, and working out more and taking walks because it's like, okay, yeah, you can't go to a gym, but it's still good to get out and get some fresh air. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you focused on, like, in this season of quarantine and for your mental health and for your physical health as well? Um, for me, um, first it was my mind. That was the first thing um, that I worked on because the thought of, like, getting sick and health-wise, just it, it kind of really freaked me out at first. 
And so I really went on this journey to figure out, okay, what can I do to shift shift my mind? Like, I don't want to be filled with all these negative thoughts. I don't want to be anxious. Like, that's not how I really want to live. And so I tried three things, and the first one was, like, filter. So I started to filter what what went into my spirit. So I, I was done watching all the negative news. Like, I did not want to hear that anymore. Um, so I started to filter what went in. I started to fight what was already in, so the negative thoughts, the how are you going to flip your business during this time. I, I'm not certain right now, but I'll figure it out. Like, I just started filtering, like, um, what I put in. I started fighting, like, what was already in there. And then I really started focusing on more positive things and how I can be better, how I can come out of this season better, and not just better as in, um, oh, I got to work, 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 work so hard that so I can be better when I got out of here. I realized that what I needed um, was also rest. Like, and so that really helped me after I, like, was able to work on my mindset a little bit. I started um, working out more. Me and a friend have been uh, doing a workout challenge we found on YouTube, and five days a week we're, like, doing this little 30-minute workout. Um, so that's been a refresher. And then my sons like that has literally been the joy of this whole quarantine getting the time to like notice um just the smallest things to just sit and not have to rush like we don't have to be somewhere in an hour you don't have to go to bed because you don't have to get up in the morning like just to be able to enjoy his presence and not not always have to be somewhere or have to do something so that that was it. Yeah, I think that flexibility has definitely been the biggest piece for me as well in terms mm-hmm. of my mindset because I think everyone who, you know, if you're a planner naturally, it's like, okay, boo, well, guess what? Plan's not happening, so what are you going to do? Like, are you just going to be upset or are you going to move on? And I don't know if you listen to or if listeners, if y'all have listened to um, Stephen Furtick's recent sermon called flex space, but it's so good, and um, something he said that really stuck out out to me, he said we need to be able to expand our vision to include things that we did not plan for, and, Mm, you know, we're really going to believe that God's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think, then we're like, well, I didn't think things were going to go like this, and he's like, exactly, I know, that's why I'm going to, that's why this (laughs) is a perfect environment for me to do what I do, and so... Mm-hmm. You know, you know. I know people have used the word pivot so much in this season, but I feel like that flexibility has is really has better captured um, what this has been for me. And like you said, even in my parenting and being like, why am I being hard on you going to bed right now? Because I mean, we're gonna get up and I mean, it's gonna be the same. And and I I battle because I'm like, no, you need structure. But then I'm like, girl, he's gonna mm-hmm. be fine. I mean, I, and, and my listeners know I have two sons, but especially in the season that they're in, it's just about the time they get to spend with us. That's the biggest thing. Like, I don't remember a ton from being one or two or three, but I know my parents were around and they were making memories with me. Mm-hmm. So if you had to encourage anybody who was trying to start a similar business as yours, what would you say to them? Um, I would say to them, I don't know why, but it it just keeps, I don't know what I would say, but what God is telling me to say is not my will, but yours be done. Like, I would tell you to go into it like that. 
not my will, but God, let your will be done. Because we can plan, we can work, we can, we can hustle, we can do all these things, but it, you'll always feel like it's not enough if you don't do it God's way. And his way is always more than enough. He has this lovely habit of doing exceedingly and abundantly, like what we can ask or think. So if you go into it with the mindset of not my will, but your will be done, you'll come out on the other side knowing that you don't have to lean on your own strength. You don't have to know everything because God knows all. And it'll take some of the pressure off of you because starting a business is no joke. Like, it's all, it looks cute on social media. It looks cute when you post, like, your smiling pictures. But it is, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of sacrifice. And if you put all of that work and all of that sacrifice on you and just think, oh, I'm going to handle it, I'm a boss, I'm going to do it, I'm a, you know, it's, it's not. Like, it becomes too much. So if you just shift some of that weight, um, I feel like you'll find the peace um, that comes with finding your purpose once you start going by his vision for your life and not your own. That's so good. And, I, I mean, even as you were talking, that's, I think that's going to be my biggest takeaway is that purpose brings peace. Like when you're walking in your purpose on a daily basis, you have peace. And so if anybody, you're listening to this and you feel like there's this anxiety or this pressure inside of you that you might need to take a step back and say, okay, what is God telling me to do that I'm not doing? Or, you know, what am mm-hmm. I doing that I know he's told me to do, but I'm doing it in my own strength? Because I think that's something that, and I love that that was what your takeaway is, because we can start giving it to God, but then as things kind of get hectic, we start taking it on, not realizing we're taking it on, and then we're stressed, and God's like, because you took it out of my hands. We're like, oh, my gosh, no, take it back, mm-hmm. please. I really don't want it. This is what it comes with. You can have it. <laughs> it's like when we're driving, and you know, like those passenger, those passenger seat drivers, and they're like, turn here. Did you see that? And they're, yes. they're just like giving you all these directions, and yes. we just got to like really – Take the back seat if you can't handle being in the passenger seat and being quiet and letting God do his thing. But put God in that driver's seat and just let him do it. Like, he's proven himself over and over again that he can do it. And so just trust that he's going to get you to your destination safely. He's, he's going he's gonna to work it out. Like, there's, look at his track record. Like, you have nothing to be worried about. So check the receipts, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So what can people expect from I Am Black Lit for the rest of 2020? Um, I Am Black Lit, we are trying to expand. So I mentioned um, the desire to get a physical location in the beginning. Um, I am now starting to pivot towards that. So we are looking for a building so we can try to make that happen so that we can bring a cultural hub to the DFW area. and have, like, an upscale bookstore. I want tutoring space. I definitely want some good food because I love to eat. And so that's going to be coming soon. Um, also online, I plan on starting a YouTube channel um, and a vlog to kind of give you all the inside look um, on how this is all playing out over here um, because it's real, y'all. Like, I, I do those boxes in my home in my living room, in my kitchen, like hundreds of boxes just sitting. They're on my floor. My kid is dumping in paper shred, and I just don't want to ever take these moments for granted um, and then also not be able to be transparent and share because it can help someone else. Um, so up next to Black Lit, we're going to start a, 
um, YouTube blog. We're working on our physical location. Um, and then we have Blacklit Men coming soon. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I know my boxes have been catered towards um, women, but we definitely have something coming for the men. Um, and then we're going to get the Blacklit Book Club launched. That way we can create some dialogue around the books that we are reading, um, and we can just create a sense of community because reading is fun when you do it by yourself, but it's even better when you have a sense of community and you can really interact with what you're reading. I'm excited about everything you just said, like the, from the club <laughs> to the in-person. I could just see. I could see the coffee shop, food, with the tutor. I could just see it. Like, and especially with you being an educator, I feel like the, the unique perspective that you would be able to bring and even being able to say, okay, this is the kind of staff we want. You know, this is the kind of, like, mm-hmm. this is how I pe- see people navigating through the space. I think that's going to be absolutely amazing. So I'll definitely be praying about that. Um, what is the best way for our listeners to stay connected with you? Um, on Instagram, we are uh, at I am Blacklit. Facebook, same thing, I am Blacklit. And then if you haven't seen already, IamBlacklit.com has gotten a recent facelift, so we have improved it um, to make it more user-friendly, um, to highlight some of the great things we are doing. And we're adding some more, so if you have any suggestions, let us know. But please follow us on Instagram. That is the best way. Um, send me a message, send me a comment. I will definitely respond. If you want to get in the Blacklit box, please feel free to reach out to me. The best way is to fill out the contact sheet on the website. Um, but if that scares you and you're not ready to be that formal yet, then send me a message on Instagram, and we can definitely talk through it and walk through the process. Well, I love everything you're doing, Ania. I'm so glad that you joined us on the podcast. Uh, you guys definitely connect with Nia. Definitely follow I Am Black Lit. Check out her website, y'all. It, it's beautiful. It's it's something to be reckoned with. So definitely check that out. And I know that we'll stay connected because it seems like we just have a lot of similar passions. So thank you again for being a guest. Thank you so much. This was my first podcast. I'm going to try to go. I was scared. I was scared. I'm not going to lie. But we made it through. Um <laughs> We made it through. Thank you so much for having me. He was trying to to stop us. The devil, I don't know what he thought he was about to do, but it didn't happen. Not today. (laughs) So I hope y'all got something out of this podcast that you can use. Um, But thank you again so much. It was fun. Yeah, no problem. All right, Purpose Peeps, hope you enjoyed that interview with Nia. She is so sweet. I'm so excited. We both found out as we were talking that we both live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So with things opening back up, I'm sure we'll be connecting. So if y'all see us on the gram together, don't be surprised. But as she said, and as I said at the very end, make sure you're staying connected with her. I am super pumped because she has offered a promo code for our Black Girls of Purpose listeners. So if you go to IamBlackLit.com and you enter promo code BGWPURPOSE, BGW Purpose, you'll receive 15% off your order. They have the boxes, the subscription boxes, of course, but they also have different shirts. Like she has a really cute shirt. If you follow us on Instagram, then you probably saw it on our recent post, but it says Educated Bay on there. So I'm probably gonna have to cop that myself, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm so grateful that God connected us. And I hope that this message was encouraging for you, whether you want to start 
owning a product-based business or if you just know you have this vision for your life and you're not operating in it. I love the, the thing that she said about purpose bringing peace. And so if you feel like you don't have a lot of peace in the season because God is nagging you to do something and you just feel like you're ill-equipped, then I hope that you will take heed to what she said. You guys have been hearing it for the past six weeks, but if you are interested in starting a business or if you have one and you need help increasing your impact, strengthening your message, or scaling your business, then I hope that you will sign up for our Activate community. It's a monthly membership. You guys, I have been so blessed by the women that are in this group. When I tell you the conversations that are having that we're having as a group have been so amazing, and I just love seeing the encouragement. Uh, we did a personal mission statement workshop that was hosted by Tiedra King of King's Kid, and that was earlier this month, and it was just really great because it provided so much clarity. There were women who were like, man, you know, I didn't realize that I should probably have a mission statement for everything that I'm doing. And if I don't have a mission statement, then maybe I need to take it back a step back and say, why am I even doing this? So again, if you're a woman of faith in business, if you want support and accountability for the thing that you're building or the thing that you have in your heart to build, because there are also women in our community who have not necessarily started that specific business yet. They are in the entrepreneurial field, but there is another business they feel like God's placed on their heart and they are just getting that encouragement to get started or to know what steps to take when they start. So again, if you're interested in that, go to blackgirlsofpurpose.org forward slash activate. The membership is very affordable. I am big on things being affordable. Y'all know my story. Y'all know my history with financial increase and being like, Lord, please, I just want to be able to buy something without going into the sunken place. So it's very affordable. So definitely go and check that out. And lastly, I will be on here at the end of the week for our month in review, but I'm going to go ahead and give you all a heads up. So if you listened to last week's podcast episode with Jessica Ayers, then you have met your podcast host for the month of June. I am taking a few weeks off from recording and I know that I took a break in March and I did not, I just didn't have any episodes at all. And I know that I've also done the episodes in Rewind situation before. And while those were cool and good, I really felt led to have Jess come in because she's such an amazing storyteller. She really gets this brand and this audience. And I think she's going to be phenomenal in interviewing women. So you'll be hearing for from her for the next few weeks. I'll probably do the intro and then she'll take it from there. But just wanted to give you guys a heads up. I'll talk more in depth about that on our Month in Review podcast episode at the end of the week. And I hope that you guys are safe. I hope that you're taking care of each other, taking care of yourself, getting the breaks that you need, that you are not getting so structured with your children if you have children that you're getting a migraine. And I hope that you eat some good food this week, y'all. It's just, I find the simple things are really the things that I'm finding joy in in this season. So I hope you have an amazing week. I will talk to you for our episode in review, our month in review episode at the end of the week. And as always, stay connected with us on Instagram at Black Girls of Purpose or me personally at the Black Girl with Purpose and leave us a review if you have not already. Love you guys and I'll talk to you soon.
Hey there, Purpose Peeps. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you are looking to increase your impact, strengthen your brand message, and scale your business, I hope that you will join the Activate community. Activate is an online learning platform providing accountability and support for women of faith in business. And we do monthly workshops. We have master classes. We do tutorials on various things that might help you with your productivity. And so if you're interested in that, make sure you go to blackgirlsofpurposepodcast.com forward slash activate, and you'll get your first two weeks for free.